This episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Chetty's Hot Sauce. Visit Chetty'sHotSauce.ca and use Hot Sauce 25 for 25% off your, the entire website. Uh, Chetty's uh, has given us a uh, gift package this week, so we're giving we're doing a giveaway. Uh, all you have to do is follow the instructions that we've put on Facebook, where you have to share. Um, you have to share the page, follow Chetty's, follow us, tag two friends. Uh, anything else, Alex? That I'm missing. Uh, and if they want extra entries, uh, they can follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, tag us on a, on our story on on, that, on Instagram. So that's extra entries. So the more you uh, participate, the 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 higher the chance for you to win those spicy sauces. That's it. And they're a Canadian company. We try to support uh, local business as well. Uh, so ChettysHotSauce.ca. Uh, use hot sauce 25 for 25 percent off uh and the sauces are unbelievable uh this is weekly sauce episode 21 uh, a special week this week we have uh, i think first time weekly sauce uh multiple time recurring guest on hot sauce sports former member of hot sauce sports mo khan uh i'm also joined by my co-host as usual alex the intern corleone uh, alex i'll start with you how's it going buddy pretty good man made some dirty nice chicken alfredo so i'm fucking Ooh nicely you know i like filled it. so uh <laughs> so yeah like it was my first attempt at chicken alfredo and i killed it so nice mo <laughs> how's it going buddy how's the chutney going uh chutney's okay gentlemen uh just trekking along over here and that's it you know just chilling out enjoying life that's it buddy that's it man well i appreciate you coming on uh today we're gonna talk soccer i mean we don't get a chance to talk about soccer too often i know that alex and i spoke about it maybe a couple months ago we talked about the end of the english premier league uh today mo since you're the impact expert i would say um hopefully yeah we're gonna talk to you about that uh not looking too good this season i mean 18 games in only six wins 10 losses 10 draws sorry what are you thinking about the season so far well, I think Terry, the the reality because of COVID, uh, it handcuffed all MLS teams, especially the Canadian ones, and in particular the Impact. Uh, given that they had to travel across, you know, coast to coast pretty much, as a barnstorming tour over here, playing in Vancouver, then going to New Jersey and playing all over the Northeast for their games, uh, it caught up to them, Terry. And the reality is, injuries has curtailed the depth that they once had. And also guys going abroad to play in, in the UEFA Nations League as well didn't help them. Uh, a couple of trades here and there and guys who were sold off recently has really p- stunted Thierry Henry's first year as the impact head coach or manager, I beg your pardon. And yeah. uh, and now moving towards these final games, uh, they're holding on to a playoff spot for dear life with Inter-Miami coming up on the weekend. Uh, they better hopefully get a W. If not, they're in serious trouble trying to lock down a playoff spot for the first time in four years. Um. The, the manager, you mentioned him, a legend, legend in the soccer world, uh, Thierry Henry. Um, um, when he was brought in, I mean, a lot of people in Montreal were excited for obvious reasons. I mean, the guy's one of the best players of all time. Um, but a lot of people were a little hesitant of his coaching style. Is he, is he the right man for the job? Is he only here as a figurehead? Um, what are your thoughts on how he's progressed so far? Uh, is there a future with Thierry Henry? Or are we looking at maybe, maybe a one, two-year stop with him here? I think the body of Joy Saputo as the owner of the Impacts uh, has been a quick trigger. Uh, guys have been uh, sacked after a year, year and a half. You look at the existence of the Impact, Terry. Uh, they came in in 2012, I believe it was. Uh, they're, I think, on their fifth or sixth manager 
uh, that is either interim or, or permanent. And that's not a good indictment of, of the team in the club's direction of how they've gone about business. I think for Thierry Henry as a whole, yes, it was a rock star hire, the name that was brought on to the impact uh, to try to attract uh, more eyeballs towards the club has definitely worked in that favor. But the reality is, again, given that we're in a COVID world, uh, he definitely, I think, will be back next year unless something turns in the 180 department here. But he deserves at least another year to show that he is definitely a worthy manager. I think realistically speaking, Terry, if you speak to anybody who covers the impact on a daily basis, they'll say that this is more of a diving board for him to hopefully get back into Europe to coach at a, at a premier team, whether it's in England, France, Italy, wherever it might be. Because, again, he was on Monaco prior to coming to the impact, and he flamed out after three months. So he's trying to you know uh, rebuild his image uh, to showcase to the European clubs that he definitely is worthwhile to be a manager at a higher level of football. So, so he's looking to become a manager in Europe. It's not just a payday for him here. I think so. I think, I think Terry, the reality is, and like when, when Arsenal opened up uh, a while ago before Mikel Arteta took over back in December 2019, uh, he was given odds that uh, he would be the next manager. I think he was like the third highest odds to be the manager for Arsenal. And when Barcelona uh, opened up, uh, he was given odds again. He was the fifth highest uh, odds to perhaps get the job as Barca manager because of him being a former player at Camp Nou. But the reality is he'll, he will always be linked to those type of jobs, if not at a mid-level uh, job here, where people think he can definitely be that type of guy. And I think the way it's played out for him here in Montreal, unfortunately, look, it started off with Piazzi leaving for, uh, for South America to be back home, right? COVID hits, it locks down the team. They're they're playing pretty well beforehand. Uh, They come back, they go into the bubble in Orlando, uh, up and down tournament, didn't play as well. And then they have to play, you know, crisscrossing across Canada, now playing the Northeast. They lose Safay Tider to a transfer who was their best goal scorer going to Saudi Arabia this week. Uh, Their starting goalkeeper, Clément Dayup, uh, had to go back home for a personal reason. So one thing after another, Terry has gone against Terry, Terry Henry in terms of what he wants to build. And I think he definitely deserves another window or two for transfer purposes to bring in his guys and show that this team is definitely going the right direction with him as manager. So, Mo, you've mentioned uh, Joey Saputo. So over the years, he um, he brought he brought in some quality players. Uh, my two favorite players were Piatti and Drogba. So th- those are my two favorite transfers that he brought in. But before that, I also liked uh, Alessandro uh, Nesta. But uh, what that Fuck, was I shortcoming. Nesta but... played for the impact. I completely yeah. forgot. Like a year or so <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. years, years ago. I absolutely loved it because uh, that was the first big name I believe we got. They're like the first big major name. But um, my question is, who do you think Saputo has a new big name in mind? Because those two have to be replaced. Piatti. The, the fact that Piatti left uh, played a major factor in one of our declines of play uh, at the, at the uh, with us. So do you think we're going to get someone else that is that high caliber? I think, Alex, the, the reality is because of COVID, uh, we've seen it now with European power clubs not being able to sign uh, those luxurious names that we once saw maybe – 14, 15, 16 months ago. Uh, I think the same applies to the MLS in particular for the impact, which, you know, with all due respect to the impact, 
Uh, they're one of the lower, lower teams of the revenue generator department of what they do from a financial perspective. Um, it, it's, a, it's a tough sled for the Impact Club because when you think about it right now, guys, you're going up against two L.A. teams, uh, essentially two New York teams, Miami, Atlanta, uh, these Orlando warm too. weather, yeah, Orlando too, warm weather, um, big city names that can attract better names. Like, you know, if you go to LA, you're going to live in great weather, right? Montreal sort of that lower to middle tier uh, club where you might get that name to come by into it because of the culture and the history of what it presents. But the reality is now with Miami involved, uh, when you hear about big European names, right, it's always the major U.S. cities that are linked to it. And I think for Joey Saputo, the question now remains for him is this, is he willing to spend on a DP to bring over from Europe? Uh, Olivia Renard had his press conference today with a bunch of Montreal media guys. Uh, they've made some maneuvers now to acquire more allocation of money to work with. Uh, and now moving towards this end of the transfer window, which will be closing October 29th. Uh, it's less than two weeks, guys. Can they bring in someone now? I'm not too sure. I think the likelihood for this team, for them to bring in the big fish, if they go that route, will be next summer after the European Cup where they can perhaps bring in a guy who might be on the back end of his career to come play for the club. Um, also, I was going to ask you, because uh, I'm not actually aware of it or not, but who's in the academy like ready to step in? Like, Who's our potential star that we have in our academy? Do, uh, do, you, well, know, do, you, like, do you have any names? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of guys out there. Um, there's one kid who just signed uh, back, uh, I believe it was just before the COVID had, had hit, uh, Keyshawn Ferdinand, who's, uh, I think, a 16, if not 17-year-old uh, player from the Montreal area who they have high hopes for. And, and that's the one thing that Joey Saputo uh, really emphasized a couple of years ago was to reintegrate uh, a template to help develop the youth academy of the impact to make sure that they could perhaps produce one or two guys that can be a part of this club for X amount of years. And maybe down the road, if they have that, you know, it talent, they get sold to, uh, to European power and they get to profit off of that. And so I think you look at a guy like Fernand, he could be a guy to watch out for. Um, they did bring in a kid from uh, uh, overseas in uh, Mustafa Kiza, who just arrived not too long ago and should be a factor probably in two weeks after you quarantines in, in Montreal and Quebec and joins the team in two weeks time from now. Uh, so they do have some young players in place. Uh, the kid Binks from England is a guy that they have high hopes for who just yeah. came from Spurs. And I so, think – go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. I was going to tell oh. you um, – uh, what was his name? Uh, Balutabla. Uh -huh. yeah. So this dude, I had high hopes for him. I Because with us, before, before his transfer to Barcelona, he was insane. Um. He went to Barcelona Academy, Academy, I believe, or Barcelona B team. Yeah. Uh, and then he came back to us. And since then, I haven't been hearing his name much. So what's your in well info about him? The sense I got was that when he went to Barcelona B, uh, the, the, the sense was that he might have made a, a decision too quickly in his development. Because if you saw Blue Tablo when he first came with the impact, His first touch was pretty nice. It, it, it had that fat feeling that he could definitely play at the next level of European football. And, you know, it happens, guys, right? You, you will always have a player or two, regardless of sport, that will say, oh, my God, I have Barcelona looking at me. Let me go play for them. Let me make the jump now. 
so I can eventually play with Messi and 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 all these guys in, in Barcelona. And that might have gone against him in terms of in terms of his development. And because of that, it's been stunted. And now he comes back to the impact and hoping to regain that confidence and focus that he once had. And even though he did do some damage on on during the midweek game that they had against New England, uh, the reality is for Balu Tabla, uh, rather than going two steps forward, he's gone five steps back in his development. And he's got talent, guys. There's no question about that. Yeah. Now it's for him to, I guess, eat some humble pie and get himself refocused to perhaps become a, a mainstay for the impacts starting 11 for years to come. So, I mean, I, I I don't know too many of the names. I mean, the young kids. But I do recognize one name because he's Greek. Is uh, James Pantemis. He's a goalie. And he's from uh, Montreal. He's from Pierrefonds, actually. And uh, he's one of the guys. So, you said, Mo, before that uh, Saputo's really focusing on trying to get some of these young guys from the local academy, from Montreal, Montreal-based kids. Um, and that, honestly, I, I kind of I kind of saw this happening because, you know, like I think it was like eight, ten years ago when everything started, when the MLS kicked in. Oh, how long ago was it? Probably like what eight years ago, when they first got uh, their bid the in the MLS. Yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. Okay, yeah. Um, they started the academy, and I was like, this is the best thing they can do ever. And now every time you're driving on 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 Notre Dame going east, uh, you see the you see the the field. You see, and then when you go to the the, the stadium, you can see uh, the little soccer academy they have there, and, and you know, the impact is, uh, you mentioned before, they kind of have like that second tier feel. Um, just a little segue, they kind of, Montreal kind of reminds me of what Liverpool is, you know. Um, a big, uh, a, a small market and a big team or vice versa, in a big city or vice versa. They they know how to, they have, they've had success. Um, they're able to recruit to a certain extent. I mean, you know, they're, uh, all the French players would love to come here. I mean, the Latin players will most likely like to go to Miami or California or wherever, right? Like you guys said, uh, they like the the um, uh, the warm cities. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It just if the last couple of years it's been a little iffy, I don't think Henri's the answer. I really don't. I think that he was he's a figurehead. He's a big name that we're going to use to recruit some guys maybe. Um I had Sanya on uh, the show a few months back. Super nice guy, and he's, you know, he was telling us basically is that, is that the he loves it here, and he would love to have played here longer. Um, and so I think we just need to get the guys here. And if Henri's the answer, I'm all for that. But in terms of coaching, I think they they need a real X's and O's guy in there. Well, I think I think Terry, you're you're definitely bang on with Thierry Henry. I think it's still going to be um, skeptical from a lot of people about his intentions about being part of the impact. Um, the, again, look, the MLS is sort of like a bridge, guys. Right? People, if you ask all these guys who play MLS, their end game was we love to play in Europe, right? Every manager, every player, every ball boy, kit guy, whatever it is. And I think for Henri, in this perspective that he's with right now. As I said before, he's trying to rebuild his image and, and, and yeah. showcase to the bigger clubs that I can be a manager at the highest level. And if you look at a guy like Patrick Vieira, his former teammate at Arsenal, uh, when he retired, he went from this Man City uh, backroom staff to coach at NYCFC, and then he built it up, and then he got hired by Nice to come coach in, in League One not too long ago. So I think Henri sees that path as being probably the best way to get back into Europe. And, and tell people that I'm not a guy that's going to flame out after two months and get sacked by whoever it is, as he was in Monaco. And I, I think now, Terry, as you mentioned before about Pentemis, uh, he's a guy that, look, they, they do ha- like him a lot. Um, they have high hopes for. But Clément Delp will be the number one keeper until further notice. And yeah, I, I mean, for, for I, can, I can picture that, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I think, and again, for for Pentemis, look, they traded Evan Bush to Vancouver not too long ago. And not to say because Pentemis is ready to take the number two spot behind um, uh, Diop. But the thing is, at some point, you have to integrate your, your youth into the system. And I think the impact now that with Olivia Renard and what they're trying to build up here, uh, again, they might, might have to take a step back or two because, again, the number of foundation pieces uh, sold off in the last eight months uh, can definitely curtail a team's development as it was for Piatti and Tider both leaving in the last eight months. And now for them moving towards these next four or five months, as I said to people on, on social media and on air, they probably need Renard and Henri at least two more transfer windows uh, to get this team up to status quo of where they want it to be. And then from there, they have to prove their point on the pitch that this is definitely going to go in the right direction. So, um, uh, Alex, you have a last question about the impact before we move to English Premier League? Oh, yeah, I was going to move to English Premier League. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about how shit Manchester United is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 my question for Mo was... Who are your biggest uh, surprises and disappointments so far uh, in the beginning of season? Good question. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, like, <laughs> I think people are going to say Everton, obviously, because they're off to a flying start and they're their first place on the table, and they have Liverpool this weekend in the in the Merseyside derby. Yeah, uh, they played very well. But you know how it is, guys, right? It's always like that for the Premiership. You always have those one or two funky year starts where, like, there's no-name teams uh, are in the first, second, and third-place positions. And eventually it equals out, right? It evens out where teams uh, like Liverpool and Chelsea and City and, and United even will get back into the thick of things here. But this is a big weekend, right? This is a big weekend for Everton to, sh- to first, A, beat Liverpool for the first time in 10 years. Uh, and, B, for, for, for them to say, look, we're going to be contending, not for Champions League, but at least for Europa and be a top six team. And, and that adds more to the pool already. Because again, if you look at Premiership guys, uh, people always mock it for saying not having a Barcelona or Real Madrid. But the reality is it probably has a better chance of parity being on display that on any given Saturday or Sunday or Monday, uh, a team that might be in last place in relegation battle can be the first place team as we witnessed with Liverpool. Exactly. So my question to those people are, can they do it on a cold Sunday night? <laughs> cold, rainy Sunday night in, Sto- at, in Stoke. Is that what it is? Where? For who? Liverpool or for, for Everton? No, no. no I know, I know the it, phrase you're referring it's, to. It's, it's, it's a phrase people <laughs> say. It's, but can you do it uh, in, a, in a cold, r- rainy yeah, night no, in no, Stoke? For sure. No, no, for sure. I, I apologize. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait a minute. Everton plays in Stoke? Yeah, I didn't realize that. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, it can happen, right? I mean, look, you go back to, like, Terry and I are both Liverpool fans, and go back to February, right, before the COVID locked down the world, uh, Liverpool was playing in Watford. Watford was in, in a relegation battle. Hadn't yeah. won a game in, like, four months, and Liverpool lost to them 3 nothing, whatever that, that was that day. So it, it's definitely possible. And I think now this weekend, when you think of, look at the schedule of games that are coming up for the fixture list, uh, it, it's going to be fun to see what happens because there are some good games, some mouth-watering games, as the British would like to use that term. And, and for, for the fact that right now, with the way the premiership's been built, um, it's, again, probably out of, the, out of the big leagues in Europe, it's probably the best of, in terms of parity. And you can not be sure-handed that your team's going to win on any given weekend that might happen for your team to play on. So, so um, you, I mean, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Alex. You didn't say yet who were your biggest disappointments. Uh, look, I, I think the biggest disappointment, obviously, we, will be Manchester United. Um, not saying that because they're Liverpool's rival. It's the fact that um, they, they developed 
a huge, huge end of season momentum to go from where they were eight months prior to getting themselves into the Champions League as a fourth place team. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that they were, you know, hyped up to get Jaden Sancho from uh, Dortmund. And that fell through for them. And and now you wonder moving towards the next 12 months. And people were, were pretty confident that they would have the funds to do it. But, of course, they did not do it. Ed Woodward was kind of hesitant to pay that type of money for him and brought in only Vanderbeek and, and a couple other guys in the back end. But now for, for Manchester United, can they survive the storm right now and keep themselves abreast of being a top-four team and then hopefully go back into the window next summer to get themselves a Sancho or a guy that could fit that spot to help out with what is a very talented front three attack that they have. So, yeah, that's exactly my con- uh, my concerns. What, what I'm disappointing about was not the performance, is what the is what Ed Whitward did. And he just waited until the last week on t- to move. And that's right. he had he had over two months to move, and he decided right at the end to hey, let's buy all these players and let's hope for the best to to just to satisfy the fans so the transfer the transfer of edison cavani i i'm 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 skeptical i'm just not sure whether he'll be able to perform in a premier league um then we signed it's tough man it's tough that 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 style of striker uh, that comes in the prem. Yeah. They usually don't. Uh, they don't really transfer well. Like their skill set doesn't really transfer. Well. I mean, Cavani is a world class striker. We're not going to deny it. But uh, I agree, Alex. I don't think that. I mean, it was a nice signing. You can't not sign Cavani if you have the option. I mean, the guy's good. But I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to be able to win in the the, the table. You know? Yeah. No, I don't think. Like, I think Cavani was running as depth for now because yeah. at the age that he's at, he's no longer the guy that. He once was four or five years ago. But, you know, with, with the guys that they have already, uh, with Martial, with Greenwood, uh, with Rashford, they thought Sancho would be the last guy that, that they would need uh, to help uh, fortify the front three. Uh, their biggest concerns now is their back line with Harry Maguire, who has not looked the same since the incident in Terry's home country of Greece. Um, and and, and, it's, and the reality is he hasn't looked the same, right? He's looked yeah. very uh, lethargic uh, early on. Uh, he, and, he was disjointed in, in the England game this week where he got uh, two yellows that left him being ejected from the game. And you yeah. wonder for his his confidence, the money, the amount of money that United paid for him uh, 14 months ago to be their centerpiece of their, of their corridor has not lived up to it. And now the question remains for, for Ed Woodward and for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is can they get his focus, his confidence back up to focus from what he did so well with Leicester that's not translated yet with, uh, with Man United. And you see now they're they're calling for the fans. Well, not the well, even the media as well. They're calling for all these heads, and they want to replace with Mar with Maurizio Pochettino. Um, I told these people, "Hey, that's always not the problem. The problem is upstairs. It's Ed Woodward. It's the fact that the owners do not in- inject money into the club as." as much as we want like they do but it's just not enough compared in comparison how much they take profit every year um and my main issue is that they still haven't hired a director of football which would tremendously help with transfers but 
they've, they've been talking about it for two, three years now. They still haven't done it. And it's, and that's what really is uh, embarrassing. And I, I, I lost faith with the, with the, uh, the boards, the team is there. They're good players. It's just the board is irritating me year after year. Well, I think Alex, the reality was when the, when the Glazers bought this team back in 05, they bought it off of debt, right? So, yeah. so that was the biggest concern for United fans, as you made the point that they wouldn't spend money. And there, the reality is, uh, I read a really good article by by uh, Mark Ogden of ESPN.com a while ago, and he laid it out saying, "Look, Old Trafford has become a relic uh, stadium where there's leaks all over the place. It's not it's not modernized as it is at say at the Etihad or Emirates or the Spurs or even Liverpool's." Uh, refurbished main stand um the reality is that they're starting to lose a bit of um uh, foundation money that they once had because they were a top earning team of, of getting endorsement deals and yeah the glazers are all in it for the for the money aspect of it that they can produce a profit and keep that profit and be okay about it right and they'll sign a pogba here and there to kind of appease the, the you know supporters uh uh tastes and whatnot but the reality is uh they're not they're not true proper football owners that they have the passion as they once did with the previous owners at United to spend at all costs to bring in the best of the best rather than bringing one guy for every couple of years. That's the best of the best. I 100% agree with Shumo and uh, I hope something happens one day and they just finally get their, you know, their get back stuff to together. Well, Back to where we were, and yeah. I mean, I like, is, what, Alex, I like right? what Man U's done. I mean, I mean, they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, young guys, right? Like you, Mo listed them. I mean, we could talk about Rashford for for three hours. How good he is. Um, every team goes through it, you know. And I think it's just now uh, that we're seeing this mostly in soccer, where you know it's not it's not it's not going to take two signings to win you a championship anymore. It's not going to take two. Uh, just two young guys to come in and start dominating. It's going to take a few years now because the playing field is even across the board, especially in England. England's yeah, so tough and, to play in. Right, Terry. And the thing is for, for United is that, you know, they have holes. Uh, like they bring in Van de Beek uh, for what? Like you, you don't need a goal score midfield. Yeah. You have Bruno and Pogba to be that. Right. And but the thing is though, Pogba's entering the last year of his deal. And are you going to give him a, a, a nice deal? Because again, in a COVID world, not many clubs are spending money they're going to wait till next year to hopefully get back some revenue because with no fans in the stands uh united's losing about i think four million pounds per game liverpool's losing about three and a half million pounds per game and you add that up guys to a to a, a full season's worth of games that's almost 60 70 million pounds per team that that has a, that's a high earner so i think for united they're trying to ride the storm until further notice and like they'll still generate a huge amount of money from a financial perspective but the question is, as, as I alluded to before with Ed Woodward, is he willing to spend that money to make United profitable, but most importantly competitive, uh, to be in the Champions League equation with all the big boys uh, for the next four or five years? So, what are we, okay, let's, let's jump into Liverpool here, Mo. The real questions. Okay. <laughs> Enough talking about fucking those guys. What yeah, the seven, hell two. happened against Aston Villa? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Uh, well, I just think, Terry, what happened was that uh, they didn't play well. It was about to happen. Like, I think that the high level of, of excellence that they've uh, uh, displayed for the last 24 to 36 months of spoiled Liverpool fans where 
every week we're expecting, hey, they're going to have a, a clean sheet. They're going to allow one goal. They're going to drop five goals on some poor team like Aston Villa. And they, it was reversed. And I think it might be a blessing in disguise for them. Because, again, let's not forget, they were missing Allison in, 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 in between the sticks. Uh, Tiago did not play. Sadio Mane was missing. Henderson was missing. Uh, Joel Matip was missing. So they were missing pretty much four, if not five, key rotation guys or starters uh, that could have made a difference. But, again, Aston Villa was the better club that day. And I think the, the international break came at the right time for them just to go away from, from the club for a bit. And now they come back to the big one against Everton. So I think the reality was there was a lot going against them from an injury perspective. And also for them now moving forward, uh, will their focus be on the task at hand to A, keep a clean sheet and play better football, defensively speaking here, that they have not done so in the first five weeks of the EPL? And you, you mentioned it earlier. I'm not too worried. I mean, we're not going to see Man United at 15, 16 like we see them at now. Um, they'll be up there in the top five. Liverpool's going to be in the top three. So we'll see that happening. And now teams like Everton, to me, I mean, Everton last year made a big run. I think that Everton might crack a top four this year. Maybe, you know, maybe be in contention. They're a good squad, man, and they know how to play. Um, we'll see what happens. But this weekend, I think Liverpool's going to take it, hopefully. Uh, I'll be watching that game, and uh, Alex. It's early though, Terry. It's seven thirty a.m. Huh? Yeah, it's fine. I'm always up. I'm waking up at <laughs> six tomorrow to play golf in the rain. I can wake up to watch soccer. Um, my last question to Mo before we yeah, yeah, wrap go. up the show: uh, Who do you think is going to finish top four this year? Um, I, I didn't think Liverpool would um, would win the EPL this year. It's tough. It's tough because they've gone at it for two years straight of being, you know, a high performance team of what they've done. I think City does end up winning the EPL. I think Liverpool will be second. I think Liverpool will probably be about four or five points behind City for first. So they're one and two. I think Spurs will come in at three. And it's tough. I think I think it flip-flops at four and five with, with United and Chelsea. And on any given day, you can say this is the team that will finish in fourth or vice versa. So I think it's City, Liverpool, Spurs, and talk to me in four months on a better idea for that fourth spot between <laughs> Chelsea and, and, and United at that point. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, I don't know. Uh, well, thanks, how's, Mourinho look, how's Mourinho looking so far? He's Unless okay. he's beating I, up I, his I, players in the locker room, I don't know. Yeah, but, but, but I think with Gareth Bell about to come back into the lineup at some point, it just adds more talent to him to work with. But the question for 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 uh, Mourinho, as as he is, he's very pragmatic in his, in his style, as we all know from his managerial uh, um, history. And will he allow his guys to score goals, not park the bus after scoring one goal, and try to keep that one lead for the full 85, 90-minute duration that he scores that goal in? All right, boys. That's good stuff right there. I mean, I think that we, we learned a lot today. I think, Mo, you educated us on uh, how shit Man City is going to be for the next 17 years, hopefully. Uh, no problem, Trevor. Uh, Man U, Man U. Sorry, <laughs> not Man City. Man U. Um, again, I appreciate the time, Mo. Uh, you're awesome. Thanks for coming Anytime, on, Anytime, Terrell. Sure thing, uh, Tim. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mo, and uh, I hope the impact gets better man yeah yeah same here I mean, they're 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 in the abyss right now and they have to get out of it they gotta figure it out with something so we'll see what they do in the next four three four weeks of the season left the city's always better when the impact and the habits are doing well right so uh <laughs> again this episode is brought to you by week by weekly sauce by chetty's hot sauce visit chetty's hot sauce.ca and use hot sauce 25 for 25 percent off um the entire website and don't forget a giveaway 
Oh yeah, we got our contest giveaway again. We're giving out six bottles of Chetties and a uh, Hot Sauce Sports t-shirt. All you have to do is like, subscribe, tag two friends, and share the post. Also follow Chetties Hot Sauce on Facebook uh, to get your ticket in. There's other ways to win as well. If you follow us on Instagram, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, you get extra bids. Uh, the sauces are amazing. I love them, so uh, go ahead and do that. Um, I'm Terry Tam. That was Alex. Mo Khan uh, joined us. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Peace. Peace.